My name is uh, Sergei Marchenko. I'm one of the pastors at Chatham Bible Church, and this is one of the devotionals that we've been doing about twice a week uh, to encourage the church in quarantine. So if you're joining us, thank you for joining us. We're going to be looking at a, a great passage of Scripture today, which is Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21. Uh, this is right after the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament. This is uh, the book of Lamentations is written uh, right after, directly after the destruction of Jerusalem uh, by the Babylonians. Uh, so a terrible, terrible time, ruin everywhere. People are taken into exile. Many people lost, great despair. And so the first uh, two, uh, two and a half chapters of the book uh, I really describe in that devastation and, and disaster that happened to Jerusalem. And then uh, at the very center of the book, uh, at the heart of the book, which a lot of scholars believe is actually the main point of the book, the way it's structured, there's a chiastic structure. And, and so the heart of the book is, is in chapter 3, verse 21 and following. And this is what uh, the prophet, the, the one who laments the destruction of, of Jerusalem, says, after observing all the, the ruin and devastation, he says, But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. So what is it? What is it that gives him hope during this terrible time? What is it that can give us hope during our, uh, our terrible circumstance? Verse 22, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in Him. So these three verses here give hope. This, the ideas in these three verses give hope to the one who laments the destruction of Jerusalem. Now let's, let's break it down um, a little bit. Um, maybe in... Let's, let's, let's touch on two ideas here. One is uh, the character of God. Steadfast love of the Lord, His mercies, His faithfulness. These are all characteristics of who God is. In fact, uh, he is probably thinking about another passage in the Old Testament. And if you want to turn with me very quickly to Exodus 34... And uh, verse 5, Exodus 34, verse 5, which is where God discloses himself to Moses. God actually describes himself to Moses, and he tells Moses who, who he is. And so this is what God says. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. So you see the same theme, steadfast love, faithfulness, mercy, grace. Uh, this is how God reveals himself to us. This is how God describes himself to us. And his very being, his character, his self-disclosure is actually our hope. Who God is. You know, one, uh, one commentator said that, that Christians don't hope for things, but Christians hope in a person. And that's a good question for us to ask ourselves even during this time as we're struggling and, and we're looking into the future and we obviously have aspirations and, and some of us are optimistic, some of us are struggling with that. 
But are we hoping for something? Is that where our hope lies? Is we hope something will happen? Or are we hoping in God, in the person, in who he is? And the Christian hope, it, it rests on the person of God. Because he is steadfast, he is faithful, he is merciful. That's who he is. And so our hope is based on who God is. Because he will always act in accordance with his own character. And so this is what, what gives us hope even during this time. We remember that God is steadfast in his love, that he is faithful, that he is merciful, that he is slow to anger, he's abounding in steadfast love. And because this is who he is, we, we can hope. As our passage said, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. So call to mind who God is. Call to mind his name, how he revealed himself, the Lord, the Lord, God who is merciful and, uh, and abounding in steadfast love and mercy. This is, this is who God is. Now, in the New Testament, of course, we have another name, another covenant name, another name to describe God, another name by which he has revealed himself to us, and that name is Jesus. Jesus is God's self-disclosure. If in the Old Testament God spoke to Moses and he, and he described himself, in the New Testament or the New Covenant, God actually came in the flesh. And so he showed himself. He he showed himself as he really is. And so call this to mind, that Jesus came, that he lived a perfect life in your place, that he died a sacrificial death on your behalf, and then he rose again to give us life forever. That's his self-disclosure. This is who God is. And if we call this to mind, we will have hope no matter what our circumstances are. So that's number one big idea here is the character of God. The second big idea here is, is how God sustains us in the, the daily struggles. So sort of this daily dosage of hope that comes to us. And we, we see it in verses 23 and 24. Um, it says that they are new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. God is sufficient. That's another big idea. God is sufficient for us. We can trust him for every day. And I think the allusion here is to the Israel's, Israelites' experience in the wilderness where, where when manna came every day which is why Jesus tells us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. And so every day we come to God for mercy. Every day we come to him for grace. Every day we come to him and ask that he would sustain us through this day. We, we're not thinking beyond this often. We're not worried about tomorrow. We're worried about today. And today has enough, enough worries for our souls. And so we go to him and we say, God, today give me mercy. And his mercies never run out. They never come to an end. They are new every morning. There's a renewal of God's supply of grace for us. Uh, one uh, Puritan said that, that God is the father of mercies. He begets mercies every day. God gives birth to new mercies. New mercies come from him every day, sufficient to support his children. And then in verse uh, 24, um, our passage says that the Lord is my portion, therefore I will hope in him. My portion, you, you probably 
see this, notice that that it's everywhere in the Psalms and the Old Testament that the Lord is my portion. Um, this idea comes from, again, from ancient Israel, where the 12 tribes of Israel came to the land of promise, and the land was divided. And actually every family, every clan, every tribe got a piece of land. And the idea was that they would hold on to it uh, from generation to generation. And there was a system in place that even if that piece of land was sold for a time, it would always return back to the family because the understanding was that that would be the, the substance for, for that family. That's where they would grow their crops and, and graze their sheep. And so, so they, would be, they would have enough that there would be sufficient income and sufficient uh, sustenance for them. And so that's the idea, right? So everybody went through the wilderness experience, they get to the land and, and the land is divided according to tribes and clans and families, except that one tribe does not get any land. Now they get some villages, they have places to live, but they don't get land to cultivate. They don't, they don't get large portions of, of, of land to sustain them, to provide income for them. And that's the tribe of Levi. And the Levites were temple workers. They were ministers. They were professional ministers. And so for them, God said, I I'm not going to give you land, but I will be your portion and your inheritance forever. And this is uh, in, in Numbers 18.20. God says, I will be your portion in your inheritance forever. It's, it's an amazing idea that, that God says that for you, for this one tribe, you won't get your own land, but you will always have me, and I will provide for you. I will sustain you. I will be a source of income for you, and you will pass me down generations so your children and your children's children would have the same privileges as, as you have had. It's an amazing idea that the land is swapped for God himself. And of course, Levites were supported through the temple, through the offerings and tithes of, of the people, but it, it had to pass through the Lord, and the Lord had to provide for the tribe of Levi. And so this is the idea here. And, and so the writer of Lamentations says, uh, says that God is our portion, and therefore I will hope in him. Because God is our portion, though we may lose our land, though we may lose our health, that we may lose our family inheritance, that we may lose income. And those are all very practical realities for many people today as, as we speak. Though all of that happens, God will be our portion. God is promising to us today that he will be enough, that he will be sufficient for us, that whatever happens in your life, God will be there and God will provide and sustain you. That's an amazing, amazing promise. If we believe that, we believe that that's actually in accordance with his character because he is steadfast in his love and he's faithful and merciful. His mercies are new every morning and that he is our portion. If we believe that, that every day our hope can be renewed. You know, one of the, the greatest struggles for a Christian is, is to lose sight of, of these great spiritual realities that are true no matter what the circumstances are. It's, it's hard for us to keep our eyes on Jesus. It's hard because there's so many things happening around us and, you know, we're like children. We're just looking around and anything shiny and, and fast and, and exciting just grabs our attention. But God wants us to return to him and realize that our hope really rests in who he is and what he has promised to do for us 
and that he wants to be our portion. He doesn't want our health to be our portion, our land to be our portion, our income to be our portion, our families. Those are all good things. They're not negative things. But we can't place our hope in them because we will always be disappointed. Those things, they, 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 we lose them. They disappear. Uh, you know, it's amazing how secure we all felt three, four weeks ago. And now we don't know what's going to happen. And yet God hasn't changed. He's still steadfast in his love. He's still faithful. He's still merciful. Jesus still came and died and rose again. And, and that gospel hope still matters to us today, no matter the circumstances. Well, thank you for joining me tonight. Um, I will see you again uh, Thursday night at 7 o'clock for another encouraging message for the church in quarantine. I encourage you to just to place your hope in God and who He is. And remember that, that He is faithful no matter what your circumstances are.